This is Reflections of the Lighthouse, a podcast sharing the hope of the gospel for those struggling with life-altering addictions. If you'd like more information about the Lighthouse and the services they provide, visit biblicallliferecoverycenter.com. And now, here are your hosts, Brandon Bauer and Dwayne Modlin. Welcome back to Reflections of the Lighthouse. We're on episode 22. Wow. Can't believe it's been that many, but we're going to talk about being graciously accepted. And, and I'm excited about this because I don't deserve to be graciously accepted. Yeah. We're going to start in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and it says this, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. How amazing that I have been chosen by God. I belong to God. I am now loved and accepted. I don't deserve that. No. I deserve eternal separation from God in a place called hell, which is a literal torture for eternity. That's what I deserve because of my sin. I was an enemy of God, and I deserve his wrath. But he graciously loved me and accepted me as his own. Wow. Yep. How, how, how amazing. That is the hope that we can offer to those in our counseling sessions here at the Lighthouse, to the residents, to those we meet in the community that we don't deserve this love, but it's offered freely. Because of Jesus. Yeah, and his work for us. Tim Keller, a great author, says this, Jesus lived the life we should live. He also paid the penalty we owe for the rebellious life we do live. He did this in our place, We are not reconciled to God through our efforts or record, as in all other religions, but through his effort and record. Amen. We are saved by works, just not ours. Yes. We're saved by the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, his perfect life and his death in our place. And when we understand that, it frees us up to not be bound by our sin, um, to be um, enslaved to yes. to our unrighteousness. Well, I think the term slavery is a great picture for addiction and those we minister to. Um, Jesus said the man who sins is a slave to sin, but who the Son sets free, he is free indeed. Yeah, Yes, we were slaves to sin. Yes, uh, many of us have been enslaved to addictive practices in our lives. Drugs, alcohol, porn, sex, um, so many things, right? Um, But Jesus sets the captive free. And how does he do this? Through his life, his death, and his resurrection. There's a, there's a great book, one of my favorite books of all times. It's written by John MacArthur. It's called Slave. Yeah. So, so here is just a small 
um, promotion of that book. Um, if you've not read it, you should read it. It is life-changing. I highly, highly recommend John MacArthur's book, Slave. I want to take us to 2 Corinthians 5.21 now. Yeah, um, Paul writes and he says, For our sake he made him, speaking of Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, man, that's so beautiful, isn't it? It's an amazing passage. And, and w- what Paul's saying there is that Christ, who lived that perfect life, that our sin was placed upon him at Calvary, and that he took the punishment for our sins so he could give us his righteousness, his righteous life. And I have to earn that, right? Nope. It's given freely. So there's nothing I have to do to get, I don't have to be baptized. You need to be baptized um, and you need to be held under for a while. <laughs> but no. Don't have to be baptized. I don't have to take communion. No. I don't have to go to church. I nope. don't have to be blessed by a priest nope. or take some long trek through some some foreign country. Now, now, here's the question. I don't have to do any of those things to be saved. But if I am saved, then there's some of those that you mentioned that I should do. Hmm. So, so nothing I can do will earn God's favor. No. Why do we keep running back to that? As a people, as a as a as a as sinful fallen people, keep running back to a something we have to yeah. do. Um, because again, we want to do that sin nature. Um, that was produced in us from our father Adam. Is this? I want to do life without God. So. I can earn my own righteousness. I can earn my own way. I don't need God. What's the first thing Adam and Eve did when God started to walk in the cool of the day after they had sinned? They hid. They they ran from God and hid. And that's what we do in our sin nature. We will run from God. And it's God who continues to pursue us. In his grace and goodness, Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. Now, some people want to say, I found Jesus, and I just say, I didn't know he was lost, Mm. right? I didn't know Jesus was lost. I thought it was us. He's the one that pursued us in his life, death, and resurrection. So the gospel is a gracious acceptance of us. Yes, it is good news that changes lives. Yeah. And it is good news that a new world is coming. Absolutely. And we we can take hope in that new world because our faith has been placed in Christ. It's no longer us trusting ourselves. It's trusting Christ. So we call this a relationship, mm-hmm. having a relationship with Christ. A believer's life is a relationship that produces greater obedience not a life of obedience that produces a greater relationship. Yeah, I don't have to earn God's favor, right? He gives it freely through Jesus Christ. Scripture Scripture calls it unmerited favor. Yeah. Uh, so he, he, here's the issue. 
uh, I, I think some of us conflate faith and works, and, and we, we get them mixed up a little bit. Faith in Jesus produces salvation. That's it. Me trusting in what he's done and what he's accomplished. That will produce in me a willingness to follow and serve him. Why? Because he has loved me so deeply that my response becomes, I want to love him deeply as well. Not to earn his favor, but in response to his favor. So salvation produces good works. Good works do not produce salvation. They're evidence of. Yes. So Tim Keller is a great author. He said this. He said, I am more sinful and flawed than I ever dared to believe. Amen. I am more accepted in love than I ever dared to hope. Amen. Um, John, John Newton, the guy who wrote Amazing Grace, says, uh, I am a great sinner, but he is a greater Savior. Absolutely. So a changed relationship with God will change our relationship with others. Yes. So when God changes our relationships, an evidence of that is that our relationships with others are going to change. It doesn't mean there's not going to be conflict. Absolutely. It means that we look at others with a different lens. Yeah. L- love your neighbor as your self. So, yep. Um, we look at it through the lens of if God can love me, this wretched, vile sinner, I can love someone that I disagree with or someone that I just really don't like. Yeah. What. Well, what I tell my staff around here is I, I really don't care if a guy comes in and you don't like them. You will love them mm-hmm. because that's what we are commanded to do. And if I'm honest, I don't always like myself. Sometimes the one person I want to get away from is me and I can't. If God has been that gracious to me, then shouldn't I show the same grace to others? So, so, so now that we've been showed grace and mercy, we are going to show that to others, just Amen. like you said. And it's going to affect everyone around us. Yeah. We've also received God's unconditional love. I just, it's just hard to wrap my mind around. But this unconditional love should produce in us a greater love for people. Amen. One of my biggest struggles with organized religion, and and I think church is great, don't get me wrong, and I don't, don't want to bash church. But better not. God's people not loving people. Yes. Breaks my heart. Absolutely. And it's so sad. I mean, there's scriptures that say, you know, that, that shun the come sit at my footsteps and, and here's come sit at a high place. And yeah. yet that's happening in many churches across our, our nation. Yes. And it's just offensive to me because that's not God's love. No. Recently there was a, a guy with a tattoo that walked in a church and we won't name the guy and we won't name the church, but he was asked if he went to the lighthouse because only people with tattoos, I guess, come to the lighthouse. And he, he had no affiliation with us whatsoever. Yeah. But he was like, where did that come from? And why am I being 
targeted. Targeted, yeah. And but but deeper than that is what are they thinking about the guys at the lighthouse? Yeah. And that's not proper thinking. No. Um, God's unconditional love is for everyone. Yeah. And when we don't show that, it's a a slap in the face of our Savior. Yeah. This pharisaical idea. Uh, Jesus shares a story and he says, there was a tax collector and a Pharisee who go into the temple. The Pharisee starts praying and says, God, I'm, I'm so thankful. I'm not like this sinner here, this tax collector. He's an awful person. I'm so glad I pray and I give and I do all this. And then there's a tax collector over there beating his chest, won't look up to the heavens, and he begs God for mercy and forgiveness uh, because he's a sinner. And Jesus asks the question, who walked away righteous? Who walked away right with God? It was the tax collector. It was the tax collector. God's love is so deep, it's unrecognizable. So I want to talk just a brief minute about the gospel and religion and why they're different. Because people get stuck on this piece. I'm religious or I'm spiritual. That's the new new phrase. I'm spiritual. I I don't need your Jesus. I'm spiritual. What's the difference, Dwayne, and why is it important to clarify this? Well, religion is about what you do. And, and, and here's the problem. No matter what I do, I'm still a sinner. Mm-hmm. I still have a condition. And no matter of, manner of good works is going to cure my heart problem. Um, my heart causes me to keep running towards sin. And being spiritual and doing religion again is trying to do life without God. I'm spiritual. I pray, but I don't want to submit to God. Mm. Right? I, I give to the poor, so I must be a good person. And these things. Uh, understanding the gospel is, and the difference is, nothing I do can earn my salvation. Yeah. Jonathan Edwards says, Really, the only thing that that I do for my salvation is the sin that made it necessary. That's the only thing I add to salvation is the sin that made my salvation necessary. When we understand Christianity, we understand that it's not what we do. And that is humbling. So a lot of people know it. They, they are informed, but they're not transformed. transformed. They, they have the head knowledge. They, yeah. they, they know religion. They know the Bible. They know of Jesus. But they don't know Jesus. they don't Jesus. know Jesus. First Corinthians talks about how knowledge puffs up. Yes. How knowledge makes us feel like we're okay. But knowing Jesus brings humility. Mm -hmm. It's understanding I can't do life on my own. I can't save myself. I can't fix this problem. This is beyond my capability. I need a Savior. Mm -hmm. I need salvation. We also see people that change their behavior, behavior modification, right? That is – there's some great value in behavior modification. I, be- I, th- I think it pulls the weed, though, yep. and still leaves the root of the problem. Behavior modification without a changed heart is just that. Yeah. It's, it's empty. 
And if we if we change something but don't replace it with our Savior, something else will come. Yeah, another sin. Yeah, we, we see that with addiction. You know, people stop using um, drugs, but they start drinking. And they stop, stop drinking, but start smoking weed, or they start eating, or they start um, a sexual addiction. And yeah. it's, it's a replacement. I, I've, I've changed the behavior, but not my heart. Yeah. So that's going to get replaced with something else. Another sin. Mm-hmm. That is not a transformed life. No. And then we also see that people want to live by a formula, you know, 12 ways to stay sober, right? Instead of by following Christ through faith. Yeah. Let's look at it through the addiction. One of the things I I try to help our guys see is that you took one small step after another small step after another small step towards your addiction, right? Yep. And now that you're understanding your need of Jesus and you're surrendering to Jesus, now what you're going to do is take one small step after another small step after another small step towards Jesus. What happens when you move away from an object? You move away from the object. It gets smaller in your eyes. A lot of these guys come in and their addiction looks so big. It looks bigger than than they can conquer, and it is, and all of this. But when they turn and begin to walk towards Jesus, Jesus gets bigger in their eyes, and their addiction gets smaller. So we need like seven habits of highly effective people to get back to God, right? No. Why not? Because those habits don't transform your life. That was kind of a setup because I'm not a fan of the book, but... I'm not um, either. For by grace have you been saved through faith. Yeah. Not of your works. It is a gift of God so that we can't boast. Yep. That is the life-transforming work. That is That says we are graciously accepted by a Savior who deeply loves us in spite of our past sin, in spite of our present sin, in spite of our future sin, in spite of what's been done to us or what we've done to others. We are forgiven and our place has been changed. It's been changed from a low-down, dirty dog sinner to a child of God. Our position has moved because of our relationship. Amen. I mean, Paul writes and tells us that while we were still helpless, Christ died for us. He didn't wait till we got it together. He didn't wait till we could figure it out because we couldn't at all figure it out. We couldn't at all fix our helplessness. So what happened? He did it for us. Amen. Wow. You're about and, to make me preach, brother. Uh-huh. And as a result, we're new creations in Christ, and we're to grow in obedience with him. Amen. And that is the work of the Spirit as well in the believer's life. So next time, tune in next time, we're going to be talking about pride and rebellion. It's going to be a fantastic episode. I'm so grateful you tuned in to Reflections of the Lighthouse. If you know someone that struggles with addiction, please send them to our website. There's an application on there, or they can always call us at the phone number listed there. The website is www.biblicalliferecoverycenter.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please share us on Facebook, on X, on Instagram, on all your social media channels so that our message can get out to the world. God bless. God bless. God bless.